What's up, guys? Today, we are going to be talking about how you can get bigger, faster, stronger, better as a chiropractor in your practice. This episode is for all of you doctors who are literally trying to figure out how to speed up your practice while slowing down and providing the best care. Let's jump in. So the big question is this, how are chiropractors like us who are juggling life as a doctor, business person, and entrepreneur, who are spending money from our own pockets? How do we find the secrets in our industry that will help us serve more people, see bigger results, and not go broke in the process? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Dr. Bo, and welcome to The Chiropractic Secrets. What's going on, everyone? And welcome to Tuesday, September 8th. It is the day after Labor Day 2020. If you're listening this way into the future, I hope we made it through 2020, to be really honest with you guys. We are on day 176 since COVID quarantine has started. Honestly, I can't believe it's been 176 days, but yes, it has. And today, guys, I want to share something with you guys that kind of sparked me a couple of months ago, to be honest with you. Some things I've been sitting on, contemplating, trying, testing in my practice. And finally, I feel like it's at a point where I can share with you guys some of my thoughts and uh, some insights that I've had. And uh, hopefully that if you're listening to this, you can take some things away from it and uh, make some impact as well. Today, I'm going to be talking to you guys about the topic of flow not flow state or any of that. I'm talking about honest, actual flow that's happening in your practice. Now, since COVID started in our practice, we have been busier than ever. Now, like I've said in some of my other previous podcasts for March and April, since it, when it actually quarantine started here in California, I was a bit slower for those months, about 25%. Matter of fact, in our practice, we were down. And then somewhere in April, and I'm not exactly sure the date. Well, I can kind of tell you because our governor here actually tried to close all the beaches. And if you're not from California, you don't know this. But if you are from California, there's some stuff that you can fool with. But the closing of beaches is not one of them. You know, real estate around here, 800,000 million bucks for a little shanty place is, is not an unheard of. Now, if you're in Canada or you're in the West, uh, Midwest and you're thinking $800,000, that would buy a mansion. You're absolutely right. And the reason that people pay so much money out here is because of the weather and the beaches. I'll be honest with you. And when a governor comes out and says, I'm going to close the beaches without really much scientific data behind it, the people revolt and they did. And ultimately, he ended up getting up there on the day that he was actually supposed to close all of the beaches uh, on the state of California and ended up only closing a handful because he had such a backlash that was happening on social media. And there was this whole upswell. And I really believe after that is when people said, you know what? Enough is enough. We're done. We're getting back to our life. And not completely. Don't get me wrong. But the hysteria in a lot of ways I could tell in my patients is what was over literally when he was trying to close all the beaches. Now, after that, my practice literally exploded. We went from seeing, and I'm looking at my stats right now, 
pre-COVID, we were seeing about 60 to 70 new patients a month. Now, a lot of you will probably say, oh my God, Bo, that's crazy. 60 to 70, like that's a lot of people. And I'll be honest with you, it is. We have a really solid marketing system, a solid marketing plan. Our team knows how to execute it literally flawlessly at this point. But what happened after COVID is those numbers jumped very, very quickly. We went from averaging about 67 new patients to 111 new patients a month. That's almost a 40% increase of new patients. And it's not like we spent a whole lot of money on Facebook ads or pay-per-click ads or did anything really super fancy with our website that we weren't kind of already doing. Yeah, our team at Well-Rounded Marketing did take a really detailed look and we made some tweaks and, and fine-tuned some things. But really what it came down to was that we really focused in on spreading our message and talking about the power of the body and how the body has the ability to heal itself and defend, which many of us don't think of, to defend itself against bacteria, viruses, what have you. And chiropractic is just an essential part of a person's health care. Now, I say all of that to tell you guys this, is that any time that you guys know that you speed up anything in your practice, it reveals any flaw that you have in your systems. It could be a flaw in the way that people are making appointments or a flaw in the way from a timing perspective or a flaw in the way of how much time you spend adjusting someone or educating someone or anything. You know, Any little thing can cause a hiccup in the system, so to speak. And that's what I want to share with you guys today. I want to talk to you guys about the topic of flow. And when I use the term flow, here's what I'm thinking of. If you guys have ever watched some of the best golfers on the world on the PGA Tour, when they are on their prime, when they're dialed in, when they are working at their absolute best, there's two things that we notice. The first thing is everything seems effortlessly. They literally walk with no effort. They line up and hit the ball with no effort. They analyze everything with no effort. That's kind of part one. But part two is the things that you may not pay attention to before they hit the ball or before you see the ball go into the cup. And that is how much time and effort is really put into flow. And what do I mean by flow is this. It's all the things done on the backside. So for instance, if you're watching Dustin Johnson, who just won the FedEx Cup yesterday, him and his brother, is his brother AJ is his caddy, and they have a flow system to address every single shot. For instance, when, they putt, when he goes and he hits the ball in the green and he, and he sets up to putt, they have a full system to analyze the putt, analyze the green. Each of them go through, it's almost like this beautiful dance that you see happening where they're each playing their certain role and then they come together and they talk about it and then Dustin gets up there and strokes his butt. Well, what I want to talk to you guys about today is what is your flow system for your practice? Now, if your practice is growing, it's getting bigger, you're seeing more people more often, you're seeing people faster. And, you know, many doctors do this. When you first get out of school, the average doctor spends about 12 to 15 minutes with that patient. 
And then soon after it goes to 10 minutes. Then it soon goes to seven minutes. Then it goes to five minutes. Then the three and the two and the what have you. And what you have to master is your flow. And your flow is everything that you're doing before and after delivering that specific adjustment. Now, I am a complete nerd when it comes to mastering my flow. Literally, I scrutinize how many seconds it takes me to open a door, how many seconds it takes me to turn off an e-stem machine or take somebody off of heat or ice or laser or cupping. Like all of those little things, in my opinion, are elements that could potentially change the flow. Now, the most obvious thing would be to say, well, both to just eliminate all of those things and only line up and adjust and, and walk away. However, I do believe that a lot of those other things do provide a lot of benefit to the patient, to the chiropractic adjustment, and to the healing process of the body. So it's not like I want to take them away. I just want to figure out how I can best optimize that entire flow process. Now, what I want you guys to do is to take a few minutes today and try to find out where you're having flow issues. Where are you having blockages, so to speak? Matter of fact, as I'm saying this out loud, I'm almost thinking of nerve flow blockages or subluxation blockages in the body, which we correct. But how can we get rid of these subluxation flow, nerve flow problems in our own practices, in our own day-to-day -day visits with our patients? So I'm going to kind of run through a few topics here so you guys can kind of address these. And it'd be a great topic of discussion for your practice, uh, your team members at your next uh, team meeting. Matter of fact, in one of my masterminds, Dr. Stephen Franson challenged me and he said, Bo, if you were to double your practice tonight, tonight, you come in the next day, there's 125 people or 225 people on your books. What breaks? What breaks in your processes, in your flow by doubling your practice? And that's the challenge I want you guys to think about and address as well. Where would we break down? Would it be in scheduling? Would it be in bringing new people in? Would it be a space issue? I'll be honest with you. One of the big issues I have in my practice is parking. We only have 10 parking spots out in my uh, parking lot. And we see on average about 112 to 120 uh, patients a day. We are always battling parking issues. So what are some ways that we can overcome you know, we can pivot, we can figure ways to put more people in a shorter period of time or create ways where certain doctors are doing some things and other doctors aren't doing other things. So today, guys, I want to kind of walk through some of these flow issues for you guys. So to start it all out, I think I'll talk about the new patient process and then we'll kind of dive into the daily visits or your normal adjustments. So the first question that I'll have you guys address is what blockages do you guys have in flow with patient intake? Are all of your patients coming into your practice and filling out paperwork like by hand? Are they doing it online? Are they doing it online and submitting it to you, faxing it to you? Where are blockage issues? I don't know about you guys, but you know, we schedule 30 minutes for a new patient. And if the patient shows up on time and has not done any of their paperwork, then I know it's going to take them at least 10 minutes, which means it's going to cut down my time with the patient my valuable time 
in the examination and I'm going to feel rushed. So in our office, most of our patients, we request that they do all of their paperwork online before we finalize their appointment slot. If they can't get it done online and they are not willing to arrive a minimum of 15 minutes before their their appointment, then I won't take them as a patient. I know some of you guys may think that's absolutely crazy, but in my opinion, it's not because I need to run 100% on time. And I tell them this, that their time is very, very valuable and my time as well. And I respect that time slot for them. And I feel like I have you know, had a really, really good compliance with my patients. And that comes from me, honestly, back in the day when I played football, when they used to say, if you're five minutes early, you're 10 minutes late, which means that, hey, look, if you're showing up a few minutes before your meeting or your appointment time and they're not there, then guess what? They're not there. And when they get there, they may not be fully vested there, meaning, you know, mentally checked in, emotionally checked in. We want to have people coming into our practice willing and ready to be able to accept healing. And if they're not, then we always have issues. So I cut that out right away. So number one, what's your intake? Number two, I like to call it your pregame. You know, this is like what your CA does on the front end. Ask your CA, where are we running into flow issues? Is it when they come in and they check in? Is it when we're getting their insurance card, when they are, whatever it is, how can we best streamline for you as a team member and them as a patient? You know, a lot of times patients will walk in, oh, I totally forgot my insurance card. Okay, then that should be something that we work with our front desk CA to make sure that they request that come in or have them fax that in or give it to us so we can look up benefits prior to them getting here. If it's a payment issue, are we taking payment before treatment is rendered or examination is done or after? If they're coming in on a special like a flyer or something, if you guys run on those in your practice, how is that being presented? You know, how do we prepare best for this new patient? Is our new patient paperwork all put together in a binder or on a, on a clipboard so when they come, we can automatically give it to them? Or do we have to go to the back and shuffle it and put it together? You know, a lot of uh, practices will, you know, literally have clipboards, like eight or 10 clipboards ready for that day when they know those eight or 10 new patients are coming. So their front SCA just simply turns around and grabs one and hands it to them. You know, as the person is being brought back to the examination, what is said? How do we optimize that? Is there, are we giving a new patient tour of the office? Are we not? What is, she, what is he or she saying when she brings that patient back? Again, how can we best optimize the flow process? Moving into our examination or our consultation, are you, doctor, following a script? Are you following an outline? How do you know what to say, to say, to say on task? Is your CA giving you some instruction? Have you looked at the notes? Have you looked at what the patient put on their intake form? What is your processes and procedures to doing so? And have you mastered those? Meaning, do you know you're going to look at this first and this second and this third and this fourth and then walk into the room? Or are you kind of just shotgunning it a little at a time when you, you know, you walk in and they say, Hey, how are you doing, Dr. Bo? And they're like, great. I have neck pain. And you go right to it. Are you saying something else prior? How can you stay in flow as you're going through your process? And then lastly, how long does that process take? You know, I see on social media, you know, you have patients that get five minutes with a doctor and other people get 55 minutes with the doctor. What are you comfortable with? 
What are you comfortable saying and doing with that patient? What does your examination look like? Physical examination. Are you doing orthopedic tests, standing up, sitting down first? Are you doing spinal exam first? Are you doing postural exam first? Is there a specific flow to everything that you're doing? Because if there's not, then guess what? It's going to be jumbled. The patient's going to know that. You're going to feel the pressure on that. And ultimately, you're going to walk out always thinking, man, what did I miss? Instead of, yep, I know exactly how I'm going to take care of this patient. Moving from the examination, as you move into the explanation phase, you know, how do you explain what's going on with the patient? Are you taking a very segmented approach, just talking about the patient area of complaint? Are you talking about chiropractic as a whole? Are you talking about subluxation? Are you talking about research? Are you talking about, I don't know what you're talking about, but do you? You know, how are you going about framing that conversation so you as the doctor can best direct the conversation? Because I'll be honest with you, the worst thing that you can do is have a patient that walks in that thinks they know it all and you let them take over the conversation. I've been there. I'm sure you have as well. The next thing you know, 45 minutes later, you're still sitting there talking about, you know, the fourth subject down the rabbit hole when you completely overlooked the main complaint that they've came in with and you have your CA banging on your door telling you you have two patients that are overdue waiting to get adjusted. So how are you commanding it? What does your flow look like in respect to that? After explanation, how are you best prescribing your care towards that patient? Are you telling and laying out a really complete plan of action? Are you telling them, hey, here's the three things that we need to have happen, A, B, and C. Here's how long it's going to take, A, B, and C. Here's what to expect, A, B, and C. Here's how much it's going to cost, A, B, and C. Do you lay out all those things? Can you do it in your sleep, inside out, upside down, and upside down? Maybe you can, maybe you can't. But these are all things, guys, that you as doctors have to understand and have to master as flow. Now, if you're looking for a great resource for that, um, I will tell you, and this is not a sponsored like plug or anything, but I am a fan of Dr. Brad Glowacki's Elements of the Close. I've been through different uh, seminars. I've seen lots of different people speak on this from the master circle to breakthrough to different you know, coaching gurus out there. And for me, I like Dr. Brad and how laid back he is, but he also has a very simple, concise system that he goes through and teaches in one of his workshops. So, you know, if you guys are looking for ways to master that, you know, definitely take a peek into his elements of the closing and uh, tell me what you think. You know, and beyond that is once that day one is done, what does day two look like? How are you bringing them back and further explaining what you're doing? and then starting care, or on day two when you bring them back, talking about the care that you were just gave them. Again, guys, all of these things should have a system, should have a flow, and you should be able to rep it inside and upside down. Now, as we move into the treatment phases or your care plans or whatever you want to call it, what I call as a normal adjustment is what does your flow look like when you go in to assess a patient. This is interesting because it's something in school that we debated all the time. And the question is, oh, where do I start? Do I start at atlas down or do I start at toes up, right? Do I start at the pelvis? Do I start at the knee? Do I start at C1? Do I start at L5, right? And I think a lot of that depends on you, number one, as a practitioner. Obviously, number two, what technique you 
really, you know, acquire to, or, you know, where your hands and heart kind of lead you. You know, it's interesting. I believe that the longer you are in practice, the more your hands guide versus what the orthopedic tests reveal, so to speak. And I can't even really tell you if there's much validity or anything behind that, but I can tell you as soon as I put my hands on someone, I can almost like know exactly where they need to be adjusted at versus people have these, you know, analytical leg checks and finger checks and, you know, temperature checks and all of this other stuff of which I'm not discounting. I just believe that I use those things to either confirm or to bring question into what my hands are telling me. And other people do the opposite. They do all of the checks and then let their hands be the confirming or denying factor. But my question to you is, is do you even have a flow system for that? Do you walk in and talk to the patient? What do you say to the patient? Is it, hey, Gene, how are you doing today? Or, hey, what's up, Gene? Or, hey, Gene, how are you feeling? Or, hey, Gene, how are you functioning? Or, hey, Gene, stay face down while I adjust you. Like, whatever that is, you've got to figure out what that is and start to perfect that whole process. You know, do you start, which side of the table do you start at? Do you start at the head? Do you start at the feet? You know, for some reason, I feel most comfortable adjusting from the left side of the table while my associates always like to adjust from the right side of the table. Again, it's complete preference, but how many times are you walking around the table? You know, it's funny as I often will uh, record myself giving an adjustment and I'll watch it back and I will think to myself, what could I have done differently? Where could I have placed my hands differently? How could I have instructed the patient differently? Do I have them breathe in and breathe out with every adjustment? Am I talking in between each adjustment? Am I explaining what I'm doing? Am I explaining and palpating at the same time? That's a skill a lot of doctors don't have. They literally will be able to, they'll touch something and say like, oh, you know, I, I'm noticing that you have some restriction here in the lower portion of your neck. And then they'll stop completely and talk to them for three minutes about what it could be. And then they go right back to palpating and say, yeah, you feel that again? Yeah. And then they adjust. Well, other doctors literally will feel and adjust as they're talking. What works better for you? What works better for them? These are all questions, doc, that you've got to answer for yourself. In addition to that, how or what are you saying after your adjustments are given? Are you giving instructions on home exercises, breaking bad habits, supplementation, other home advice to or exercises to give, care recommendations? All of these things, guys and girls, need to be systemized and put into a flow pattern. And what you'll notice is that the more you do it and the more you rep and the more you rep, the faster you're going to get the less words you're going to have to say and the better outcomes that you're going to achieve. So if you're looking for a way to increase your bottom line revenue, to serve more people, to see more people, to help on a bigger level, you have to master the little things. Now I'm going to wrap this all back up by bringing it back to golf because I love golf. I'll be honest with you. Football, golf, and surfing, those are like my three favorite sports. But we all love to watch Tiger Woods win the PGA Masters. We love to watch DJ win the FedEx. 
But guys, it's not the big shots always that are the things that allow these people to win the the tournaments. No, what is it? It's the pars. It's literally making par every single hole. And then when opportunity arises, making a birdie, making an eagle. And then also not doing something stupid that costs you a bogey or a double bogey. You know, a few years back, I, uh, I, I heard a podcast and they said, you know, if you would have been a professional golfer and shot even par all year long, played every single tournament and every single round you shot par, you would have been in the top 15 in the world. That really struck me, guys. Because why? Number one, it doesn't mean you're anything special. You're not doing anything extremely special. You just mastered your day-to-day. You've mastered hit the ball off the tee in the fairway, hit it onto the green, two-putt par, move on. You know, or par three, hit one off the green tee, hit it on the green, two-putt par, move on. If you would have done that, you would have been in the top 15 of all the players in the entire world. And I'm going to venture to say that the exact same thing happens in our world of chiropractic as well. The average chiropractor right now sees 31 patients a day. I got those numbers from running different polls inside of chiropractic business club, consulting with different people that I know. The average chiropractor sees 31 patients a day. That's 15 in the morning. That's 15 in the afternoon. If you're working four hours, you're seeing what's that. Or if you're working eight hours a day, that's what, four patients, 50, every 15 minutes, you're basically seeing a patient. Guys, you guys all know that's pretty easy to do. That's easy. That's even par. If you want to be better, if you want to be in the top, the elite, well, you better shoot better than even par. So you better master the things that it takes to at least shoot even par. So docs, today, I really encourage you to sit back and really look at all the flow that's happening in your practice right now. Look at your intake, your front desk procedures, how patients are being brought back, what you're doing in your consults, your examinations, your explanations, your first adjustment, your report of findings, your second adjustment, how you're laying out care plans, how you're prescribing treatment protocols, how you're taking money, the whole thing. Where can you create a better flow? Where can you create more congruency in the care that you're giving? And ultimately, guys, you are going to be able to serve more, to feel better about it, to not have any hiccups throughout your day or feel like you're super stressed throughout your day because, you know, you didn't know something or you're pushing your body to a different level. No, create the flow, create the flow, create the flow. All right, guys, I hope this spoke to you guys a little bit. Hope you got something out of this. If you did, please leave me a comment. Leave me a review on iTunes or whatever. Hope wherever you're listening to this. And lastly, guys, hope you guys are out there having an amazing day. Talk to you later.